gents. Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy. Acton Academy plastered today's guest, a lady by the name of Susan Scott. So Susan founded Fierce Inc. in 2001 uh, after about 13 years leading CEO think tanks. And uh, she says she had more than 10,000 hours of conversations with senior executives. And you're going to see what we're talking about when we're saying conversations with these executives. So over the past couple of decades, um, she's been sharing her expertise with clients through keynote presentations, TED Talks, uh, and most notably their award-winning books. So Fierce Conversations, uh, Fierce Leadership. Um, both bestsellers. So uh, she's very popular, sought after Fortune Fortune 100 public speaker. She's a renowned leadership development architect. Uh, She is just a really fun lady to talk to. We actually had a great conversation, a a fierce conversation, uh, I guess you say, about her work and what she's doing. And uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. Enjoy Miss Susan Scott. And we are officially live with Miss Susan Scott. It is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. So fierce conversations. So that's where I first came across. We were just talking before we started, and uh, Jeff Woods from The One Thing and, and kind of that whole Keller Williams crew had connected us and, and super grateful for that, but I definitely had heard your name prior to that. Now, both of us had been in the speaking space for quite a while, but I was actually gifted your book by one of our families, and I know I end up gifting it to one of my guides as well. So it's kind of fun to get to to chat with the legend herself. Thank you. And you may occasionally hear dog sounds in the background. That's I awesome. To, I well, cannot control what they're going to do. <laughs> you tell them to pop on up, and they can come say hello, and that's okay. We'll have a we'll have a good conversation with them too. I'm not I'm not biased, so it's great. Well, thank you for taking the time. So. What we like to do, you know, before we ever jump into the the 11 questions is we just like to get kind of an idea of your journey. You know, at Acton Academy, we talk about the hero's journey and what that looks like. And so I like to dive into your hero's journey. So what's the kind of the origin story, so to speak? I uh, Let me just say that I love that you talk about the hero's journey. And I don't know whether you got that from Joseph Campbell. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I love his description of the hero and you become the hero the moment you step off of the path yes. that well trod that everybody else is on and you head into the woods where there is no path and no indication of help. And then of course, because you did that heroic thing, right. the help shows up for you and it, yes. it's for you and only for you. And it shows up right when you need it. And you know, I love Joseph Campbell. I, I wish he were still alive. I wish he lived next door. I'd yeah. love to talk to him over the fence. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You and me yeah, both. so I started out as an English teacher in junior high school and then high school. And I taught six different things each day. I mean, there was there was composition and there was speaking and there was, um, oh, I forget what all, but yeah. I mean. It, where, where, where was this, if you don't mind me This asking. was in Missouri. In Missouri. Yeah. Okay, all right. And in a, a small farming community. Well, started out in St. Louis, okay. right in the middle of the um, city, which was kind of rough. It was rough. Sure. And kids kids were slashing tires in the parking lot. And mm-hmm. the school hired some off-duty policemen to patrol so that they wouldn't hurt one another. Right. It was, it was kind of rough, although I loved it. I loved those kids. Mm-hmm. I loved them. And then moved to a small farming community in Missouri where I, gosh, I got to know all of the kids and they used to come over to my house and hang out and complain to me about their boyfriends and their girlfriends. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and um, and I, I just, I love them so much. And, but we moved from Missouri to Seattle where I am now. Okay. And so I decided to try something else and I became, long story short, headhunter uh, met Bill Gates, placed the first like hundred people or so in his company. Oh, cool. um, and it, it was just an, a great way to start to learn about business because yeah. I didn't know about business. And then because life is incredibly curly and you just can't straighten it out. I, I ended up being asked to, to run two groups of non-competing CEOs here in Seattle. And I, and I would spend uh, about two hours with each one of them once a month. And then each of the groups would spend one full day together once a month to advise 
one another on their most pressing issues. So I had 30 different chief executive officers and sometimes worked with their direct reports. Yep. And I, I, I realized that I did not need to know about their, I did not, I, I did not need a degree in business. I did not need all of this stuff that you would think that I would need if right. I'm going to work with the, the people running these right. companies and uh, everything from software to coffee to manufacturing to everything. Yeah. And actually I found that I just needed to be truly present with them, uh, give them my undivided attention. Yeah. And, and I learned to ask, what is the most important thing, the most important thing that you and I should be talking about today? And they would tell me and, and throw it out there. Yeah. And, and I just would keep asking questions because I wanted them to arrive at their own solutions because clearly I didn't have any. Yeah. 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 And then when the whole group would meet together, I realized that I needed to figure out a way to make sure that. Um, we heard from everyone because you know how some people tend to take up all the airspace and, and, and others tend to hold way back and may never even say a thing. Right. And often they're the ones that have the, the greatest the best ideas. ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, you know, it just was, it was so, I did that for 13 years and had well over 10,000 hours of conversations. And it occurred to me that whenever they would think about how did they get to a, um, a, a good place in their business and in their personal lives, because sometimes we talked about that. They, they got there sort of because of the conversations they were having within their business, with their customers, with their employees, with their families, yeah. with their spouses, with their children, with their friends. And how did they get to a bad place? Well, they got there one conversation at a time too, one yeah. failed conversation sure. or one missing conversation. And so I realized that, oh, and, and, and the third piece was that when they would think about, okay, what's the next most important step I need to take around this issue? Yeah. It was almost always, I need to talk with so-and-so. Yeah. I need a conversation or I need to have a meeting. It always was about the conversation. It was a conversation they need to have. And I love that you said there was a you know part of the reason they went down the bad path because they were missing those Absolutely. conversations too. And they weren't missing it like, oh, I didn't even think about it. They were likely missing it because they were like, oh, they were going to avoid it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And so my colleagues, because the organization that I was working with was is an international organization. So my colleagues from around the world were hearing that I was having some success yeah. with, my, with my CEOs. And they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm happy to share. And the next thing I knew, Matt, I was just traveling. I was traveling and traveling and traveling all over the world, sharing with everybody. Yeah. Here, here's, here's my humble approach yeah. to this great one-to-one -one conversation. And here's my humble approach to running a great meeting, that's, you know, with background as an English major. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, that's amazing. I, but everybody loved it. And, yeah. and I remember taking a volunteer once, um, to the front of the room and taking him through the conversational approach mm -hmm. that I used. Um, and when it was over, everybody in the room said, I had no idea that a conversation like that was even possible. I can't go back. I cannot go back to the way I've been having conversations. I need to learn how to do this. And would you please write this down, write this down, write this down. Yeah. And I heard that so many times, Matt, that finally I did. Yeah, you wrote it and down. So that's the book, Fierce Conversations, Achieving Success at Work and in Life, how, one conversation at a time. How beautiful. And all because you started off, like you said, getting off of the path that was kind of laid out, doing something a little yeah. different, and then all of a sudden the help appeared. Yeah, I mean, I've just done so many different things, and the help was always there. And the, one of the great helps for me around the conversations was – I read. I read fiction mostly. Sure. Um, although I'm reading The One Thing right now. Are you Jeff. reading The One Thing? Oh, great. Yeah. And Jay Papasan's book. I love yep. that. Um, I, I, I read a lot and I was reading 
The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway, uh-huh. in which the character is asked, how did you go bankrupt? Yep. And he answers, gradually. Gradually, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> our, our careers and our companies and our relationships and our lives succeed or fail. Yeah. Then suddenly, one conversation at a time. So all of our training and all of the stuff that I put out in the book is, look, we always wake up when we arrive at suddenly. Yeah, that's right. But, but everything is happening during gradually. Yeah. So we need to be awake during gradually and noticing if we're trending in a direction that we love or that we don't love so that we can course correct. My goodness. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's... and. That's it. And I've had that conversation with so many people that people, most people just do not pay attention. They just, they, there, you get comfortable and, and your day looks like the day before, but you're not paying attention to trends. You're not paying attention to what's really going on. And then suddenly hits whatever that looks like. And that's where people get into a panic because now all of a sudden it feels brand new rather than paying attention, you know, the whole you time know, going up. And, 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 and a great question, which is shocking. And you can, you can get your feelings. You can get you can pre- sort of pretend to be confused when somebody asks you this question, but the question is, what were you pretending not to know? Yeah, I love that. And I remember the first time somebody asked me that, it was like, what, what, what? Yeah. You know, then, oh, oh yeah. I was oh. pretending not to know this and this and this. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh my gosh. That's a great way to frame it too. We, I had a conversation, fun, actually, funnily enough, I got introduced. It was another introduction, um, another friend of friend. And I had a conversation with a gentleman this morning who's doing some amazing things and he is in Seattle as well. Um, and we're having this conversation and we got on the topic of schools and education and we got on the topic of now, you know, with the, the COVID scenario and everybody going virtual for so long. And, and what it did is it start, restarted this conversation around um, for a lot of people, hmm, should schools look different right now? Should they look different in the 21st century, right? And yeah. we got into the topic of the fact that, you know what? Most people already kind of felt that way. We just kind of pretended like we didn't know that that was what needed to happen. And this now the suddenly of everybody going virtual has yeah. brought it back to the forefront where we're going, hey, maybe things should look a little different moving yeah. forward. You know, and this is one of those scenarios that I think fits perfectly with what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think I think one of the reasons why we don't take action I keep looking down because my dogs are climbing all over me. That's so funny. (laughs) We don't take action is because even if we have a sense of that we do, there needs to be a change. It feels too heavy. It feels like too much. It feels overwhelming. You know, it's like, okay, maybe tomorrow or next year or whatever. And um, so this. Uh, Especially if it's going to be a hard conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when we're doing a training or just ask somebody, you know, when you, let's, let's imagine that you, you know, there, okay. Think, think of someone, you don't have to tell me who it is, but think of someone in your life with whom you're not happy or where things are not going well. And you really know you want to sort of confront this and imagine they are now on the other side of this door here and you are about to go in and have that conversation. What do you feel? And people say, Oh my God, I feel nauseous yeah i'm sweaty oh so people are really afraid of having those conversations and it's understandable i think we're afraid because we don't know how yeah to confront an issue with someone and actually enrich the relationship yeah. during the conversation rather than harm it right absolutely is that something that you think you know, is that something that you feel like you you inherently kind of had a DNA that, that had the propensity towards that? Is that something that parents kind of encouraged early on, or is it something that you kind of learned over the over the course of time? I'd love to say that I've always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I used to get feedback when I was working uh, in the search firm, and I was running it. Mm-hmm. At- several years and people would say you know you're what you say your message is right on but your delivery can be harsh mm-hmm. and i used to tell myself well if so, if i'm too strong for some people that's their problem yeah yeah and it was only later when i realized that if i look at all of the the results with which i'm unhappy i'm the constant yeah. it would be me right um, and so there is something i need to do and it's it's 
it's a challenge sometimes yeah. because I'm human. I get triggered. I feel angry sometimes. Yeah. And, um, you know, and boy, I, I have a good vocabulary. Sure. And so I have an unfair advantage because I can really, you can articulate. Yeah. Really destroy somebody with words if yeah. I want to. Yeah. And, there have been times in my life I'm afraid to say that I that was what I wanted to do. Sure. And um, so I yeah. had to learn. I had to, you know, pain. When you go through the tough times, when you mm -hmm. go through the really into the dark places and you mm -hmm. take a good hard look at yourself and a good hard look at all your results and you say, you know what, what is it about me that needs to change? Yep. Um, and then work on that. And yeah. so so one of the one of the objectives of any fierce conversations is to enrich relationships. Yeah, yeah. Because your most valuable currency is isn't money. That's right. It isn't good looks. It right. isn't your multiple degrees. It is relationships. That's right. That's right. And People are always the ROI. Or flatlining or harming a relationship, mm -hmm. one conversation at a time. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. And I think you can. T it Man, I know I'm definitely guilty of, of that too, where it's like, okay, I can I can articulate myself well. Um, and you've got to be careful not to get into the trap of like, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and use that to go ahead and get my way. Come across as, as too, I definitely know I've come across too harsh um, in, in a number of instances with, and that's with been with family, friends, coworkers, it doesn't matter. You know, I know that that has always taken place and, and um, you know, but the need to be able to step back and take a look at that as objectively as possible, as you said, and, and go, look, this is because- I and I honestly think, Matt, that one of the most important pieces of, of encouragement or advice that I could give someone is stop talking so much and start listening. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just close, close your mouth. Yeah. Just listen, it, and uh, and and say things like, "Say more about that." Yep. Keep talking, you know, yep. to to someone, and just that will improve your conversation. We'll change everything. Gosh, yep. I could not. And that's something that I need to, I mean, anybody who's listening to this, who knows me knows that that is absolutely something that I can, I can take and, and continue to work on. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Um, but I think that's, I think that's so, I think that's so powerful. And again, it's not just having, I love that you're saying, it's not just having the hard conversation that, you know, you've been missing or avoiding. It's not just that, but it's going into it with the idea that the end goal is to enrich the relationship. Well, that, yes, that you is, know, that is a, one of the big part of it. And, and the thing is, um, I have to, I have to, I have to grasp the fact that I don't own the capital T truth about anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I have my opinions, sure. my beliefs, some of them I hold very strongly, mm -hmm. but there are multiple competing perspectives on just about any topic under the sun. You know, you might have noticed there's a warthog on the wall behind me. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And he, I, I've spent some time in Kenya, uh, been there several times, and in planning the next trip as soon as I was supposed to be there right now. Ooh, but oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, I love that warthog. Well, for one thing, warthogs are hilarious if you ever watch them, they are just funny little creatures. So ugly that only a mother warthog could True story. Them. So yeah. ugly, they're adorable. Yeah. But, but my travels have taught me that there is more than one right way to live a life. Yeah. Yep. And so yep. the word the word conversation comes from the Latin conversari, which means an exchange of ideas and sentiments. It starts with the letter C-O-N, and in Spanish, con means with, with yeah. yes. And I was talking with a young couple about that on a, a train in England years ago, and, and the young woman said, you know, my dad doesn't have conversations. He has versations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just laugh. I I've never that. that because that's the problem. Too often we are not talking with someone. We are talking to someone. For sure. You know, we say, I want to talk to you. Well, that makes most people want to run out the back door, you know, and 
get far away, but I, I'd like, I want to talk with you. Or especially if they say, I need to talk to you. That's even worse. That's worse. Absolutely. I, I want to talk with you about something. That's a different yeah. feel. Yeah. It sets things up differently. And then, of course, it does need to be an exchange. Right. What it looks like from where I sit. What's it look like from where you sit? Right. And that's where people get caught up in, in that side of it too. One of the things you mentioned earlier too is just listen. If people would listen more, talk less, listen more, but listen with the intent of actually hearing what they're saying rather than planning the next thing you're going to say. Exactly. Exactly. I love, yes, you put it beautifully. And, you know, the, the first objective of a fierce conversation is to interrogate reality because there are multiple realities yeah. going on for different people. We've yeah. all led different lives. Um, so we have different realities. And just because, like if I said to you, Matt, you know, what would, what's your dream house? What's your, your dream home? What would that be? I mean, you, you might say, well, it's this big, you know, McMansion. You might say it's a log cabin in the woods. You might say it's actually a liveaboard boat. You might say it's a treehouse. Who knows? Sure. We all have such different meanings, even to words. Right. And so to listen at a level where you really, really are wanting to understand what someone is not that you have to agree with them, but there's probably something you can learn. I mean, I, if every, every passing stranger is living a life that is as vivid and as complex as yours and mine, That's right. with all their hopes and dreams and successes and failures and idiosyncrasies and inherited craziness, and if, if you went out and you just collared the first 10 people who passed you on the street and got to sit with them and say, tell me your story. You would be blown away. Yeah. You would be moved. You would learn. And, and that's including people that you wouldn't, you wouldn't at first glance want to have anything to do with, Sure. you know, or might be frightened of sure. even. So I, God, I, it's so God, I, humility is so important here. Humility. And compassion and empathy and a genuine desire to connect. I mean, that's, that is the theme of my life, yeah. connecting human connectivity. Um, and, it's the, and I didn't even realize that until a few years ago that's um, so, when it all came together. So powerful because we live in this time where we are told or, you know, and, and maybe part of it is an inherent human nature too, where we, we want to identify something quickly. Right, like we want to identify really quick. We want to be able to make a make a judgment call. We look at somebody, and we want we have an unconscious bias. Sometimes maybe it's a conscious bias, and we want to put that person into a box really, really quickly because it allows us to then figure out how we're going to interact with that with that human being. Right, and so we default to you know whether it's identity politics or we just want to make these blanket statements about somebody or something. We just want to pull that trigger so fast. And it is ultimately to every single person's detriment because we're obviously misjudging a lot of times, you know, that we're throwing out there and we are missing out on so much potential or I, I would almost say guaranteed similarities with one another. You know, I think that really ends up being it. We can, we can learn to value not just the differences and learn from the perspectives. Like you said, there's so many different perspectives, but at the same time, we miss out on finding out that common thread of humanity too. Yeah. And while we all have various truths that we're looking at, there is still an underlying thread of humanity too. And we miss both of those. We do. We do. And I mean, look how messed up things are right now. Mm. It, change is very hard for a lot of people. I happen to thrive on change mm -hmm. uh, almost too much, a lot of people would say. It's yeah. like, just sit still for a minute. <laughs> but, but right now, we're, we've got the pandemic. We've got um, working from home, homeschooling our children, right. fighting for equality, fighting for civil rights, trying to save our country from the mess and the terrible reputation it has gained yeah. recently. Just, oh my gosh, there's so many things that are wrong yeah. that need to be righted. And 
it can be overwhelming. It can feel really overwhelming. Very much. And so I think, I think we just have to say, all right, look, what is one thing I can do? One thing mm. I can do about any of these. I mean, just pick one, yeah. one thing that I can do. Let me just do it back to, back to the book. The one thing, right. What's one thing I can do that would might be helpful. Um, it might be, uh, a, a, a gesture. It might be words. Yep. It might be gift. It might be time. It might be working on yourself. I mean, what, what do I need to learn? to be a better human being. Yep. Um, yep. And instead of just Take thinking, it. well, it's all, it's all gone to heck out there and yep. there's nothing we can do about it. And yeah. I'm just going to sit here and have another drink and be depressed. Right. That's, that is not helpful. Yeah. It just, it gets you out of that overwhelming state. We had a conversation earlier, uh, earlier today on campus about this. And we we're talking about, you know, so many, because everything does seem so overwhelming, Whelming, and so many people live kind of in this fear state as it is. It's very easy for people to just get so wrapped up, and and then you start to lose your ability to think. You lose the desire to connect because you start to get into this self-preservation mode. And I had listened to this gentleman um, on another podcast who had gone through Navy SEAL training, had gone through you know what's what is a very intense, overwhelming experience, far more overwhelming from a physical and mental standpoint than many of us will ever go through. And he said the way that he got through it was by making his world smaller. And the way he defined that was by going, okay, they have to feed me every six hours. So my job isn't to look at this overwhelming experience that I'm going to have for months and months and months to go into a career that could last years and years. If I look at it like that, I'm going to pan, I am not going to survive. But if I just make my world small and go, okay, I've got to survive the next six hours. That's all I have to do. I just, I have to survive six hours. That's it. I need to get to the next meal time. And if I can make my world small enough to where I'm going, cool, I'm one step closer to that next six hour break. I'm one step closer to that next break. I'm one step closer to that next chow time. All of a sudden, you know, and if I do that every six hours, all of a sudden I look back and I've overcome, you know, this, this insurmountable obstacle, Brian Tracy, you know, he referred to it as eat the frog and, and, you know, and you hear that, uh, the conversations around, how do you eat a shark one bite at a time? All of this is that exact same thing, right? It's, it's, let's get it down to what is the one thing I can do right now? And just keep my world right there. Yes, and and I love that. And I would add to it that um, that one thing, and then the next one thing, and the next thing, right, needs to needs to come from a center. Our lives need to revolve around a center. What is the center? And so, this is a really good time. In fact, I did a whole little video. Uh, for people um, on our website, I think it's accessible there. This is this is a great time for you to have a conversation with yourself. Mm, I love that. What is it that you want the next phase of your life to be about? Where are you going? Mm -hmm. Why, by the way, are you going there? Going there. Who's going with you? How are you going to get there? So, but the where am I going and why am I going there? Those are those have to come before the, the who and the what. Yeah. So, for me, um, it's all it's all about practicing and modeling and encouraging that human connectivity. So that's at my center. But notice, I'm not at the center. I mean, the, right? Somebody said, look. The world doesn't owe you anything. It was here first. <laughs> and yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's very humbling. It's like, yeah, the world was here long before I came along. And going to be here long after you're gone. Oh, long after I'm gone. I'm just this little speck, but, but, but I want to contribute. I want to, I want to leave a wake that is good. I mean, like an emotion, like the wake of a boat, you know, mm -hmm. um, I want to leave an emotional wake that is positive that people would experience as that felt really good. That felt really right. I want to have more conversations like that. I want to feel like that more. I want to help other people feel like that. And it's not about, it's not about just going around and having all of the, isn't life wonderful conversations. Sure. It's about having the tough conversations that we talked about earlier. I mean, sometimes one of those CEOs would, would be asking, 
him or herself, how did I manage to lose an 18-year marriage that I was not prepared to lose? Those are heartbreaking conversations. And so, you know, or you have a child who's upside down. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you do? What can you do? I mean, it's it's really every kind of conversation you could imagine, but nothing is going to happen without that conversation. Yeah. So what's at this, but what is at the center? Where, where are you coming from? Um, and are so for you personally, are you taking a look at that on a daily basis? You know, we're kind of talking a little bit around that that kind of self awareness too. Are you taking a look at that and going, okay, Susan, what is what is the one thing I need to do today? Because you know, yep. this is my, you know, is that a daily discipline for you to kind of take well, a look at that? You know, I saw you, you sent me some of your questions, and yeah. I saw the word discipline. I don't like the word discipline. Yeah. I, maverick i i don't you know the the word discipline sounds ooh too too negative connotation yeah 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 uh habit maybe but yeah habits are what or or you know really what drives me are my beliefs yeah and so so my beliefs everything that we do we do because of what we believe yeah right and then what we do produces the results in our lives. So, you know, every day I do start out with a, well, actually every, at the end of every day, before I go to bed, a practice of mine is to list the five things I'm going to do the next day, accomplish the next day. And learned the hard way not to bite off more than I can chew. You know, maybe it's going to be a piece of a much bigger project, or maybe it's going to be, you know, doing Tai Chi is one of those things. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be um, having a conversation with uh, one of my granddaughters. Yeah. Um, FaceTiming her. Yeah. And, um, or writing, or writing yeah. another chapter in, in my next book. I mean, what it, but, but all of those things, I would be behaving during doing all those things because of what I believe of your beliefs. Yeah. And so that's at my center. That's my discipline beliefs, beliefs. And for example, the, you know, there's more than one right way to live a life. Right. And I also believe, for example, that while no single conversation is guaranteed to change the trajectory of a career or a company or a relationship or a life, any single conversation can could and it had the potential i love so that. you know is there a conversation out there that's got my name on it that, yeah. that could potentially shift something importantly i love that i love that viewpoint for for every conversation too knowing that you i mean each one of these could be an, an important conversation that i didn't even know that shifts the trajectory of everything I mean, and you don't always know when you're going to, when one of those is going to show up, yep. somebody might call you and say, you got a minute. Yeah. Uh, or I remember, you know, when I, when I used to be working in offices, like all of us, you yeah. know, somebody would co- come into the, the room and say, you got a sec. And sometimes that would be just a quick, what this is going on, or this is going on. Okay, sure. great. Super. And sometimes it would end up being a hugely important conversation. Yeah. And you don't know when those are going to show up. So, you know, being really present, um, turning off your, your, your mobile phone, you know, closing your laptop, whatever it would be, just be there prepared to be nowhere else is one of the principles. So, so good. Yeah. So good. And well, that it's got to come with a belief and I, I look at it too and, and think that that is a practice of, you know, that practice of developing that presence and being there and being fully expectant that, uh, you know, this this could be a, an extremely relevant conversation. Either way, you're looking to enrich the relationship there. Um, I've got to think there is just an element of, um, you know, almost almost self-confidence that that even comes from that too i mean not not just the fact that you're looking at and 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 focusing outwards on somebody else and making that but i think that there's an internal um internal check mark that you're ticking off on that on that too do you feel like you're a self-confident 
person? Do you feel like you're that's that's a part of having these these relationships or or uh, or these conversations? Uh, I, is your own development? I, I never, I never. When I think of self confidence, I know that I, I'm confident. Mm -hmm. I'm grounded in who I am. I'm willing to be me as opposed to trying to project an image that I think other people want to see. Um, but I also, so, so short story here. I have a friend who's an artist in Colorado mm -hmm. and she was commissioned to do a, a, a bronze statue in a, for a park. And I went to the foundry with her to see it poured in the foundry. And I was just stunned, you know, as this molten bronze is being poured into this crusty vessel, steaming and hissing and everything. And um, I asked the owner of the foundry, what is that made out of that it doesn't break? You know, that it, how can it not melt? And he said, well, and he started spouting off all these things that, I, terms. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he could see, okay, she does not know what I'm talking about. So he said, okay, think of it like this. Think of it. It's, it's made out of a lot of the same things that porcelain is made out of. And I remember saying, get out, you know, porcelain. Yeah. It's fragile, right. isn't it? Well, if, if we dropped this on the floor, it would very likely break. And, and this, this is why we all have these boots on because if it did and all this stuff came out, we don't want to be burned up. But I thought, I mean, I, I slept on it. And the next, the next day I told my friend and her husband, I said, I want to be a crucible. I want to be that strong, resilient vessel in which profound change can safely take place. Mm which means to me that you can put anything into the to the topic of our conversation yeah. and I'm going to run away. Yeah. My job isn't to fix things, solve things, advise. My job is to hold it, hold it and let it, let the conversation find out what it, where it wants to go, what it really yeah. wants to be about and just be that place where we can have that conversation and I think that's why so many people will be talking and then they'll say, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Yeah. And it, that happens a lot. That's so and funny. Yeah. Mild to myself because I'm thinking, yeah, I can't believe you're telling me this that's, either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so privileged yeah. that you won't. Yeah. And it means that I am being a, I'm being a good crucible for here. Sure. For, for wow. this time. I love that. And it's, this is actually, uh, it's relevant to a conversation we had a couple days ago with, with somebody on the podcast too, talking about um, being the type of person that people just feel comfortable talking to and, and sharing things with. And, and um, you know, I mentioned the fact that very real stories in all of my travels and funnily enough, one of them was in Missouri. Um, wow. I don't want to say exactly where because I think there is only one organization that has anything in this very specific part of Missouri. I will say I flew into St. Louis and drove somewhere else. But um, so, but I have had three different drivers, uh, Uber driver, taxi cab driver, and then a, a client that sent a black car driver that within the first five, 10 minutes of a drive back to an airport where they're taking me back, I had just met them that had told me about committing a murder of some sort. And again, oh and I don't know if that is me being a crucible or me looking like somebody that would be on board with like, this. I don't, I don't know. I should take this as a compliment. I don't know that I do, but I do take it's solace the in the, the beard, Matt. It's that's the what it is. I think I was clean shaven at the time for all of these too. So I don't know what's going on, but, um, but I know I, I love that. I think that is, uh, gosh, that I, I, I think that is so such a powerful visual image. Um, and I wish I almost feel like right now I'm like, man, what kind of secrets can I tell Susan right now? Like, I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I should be sharing things. And I think that's so powerful though. So when you have these conversations and you're having these conversations with CEOs and you're, I mean, I would have and family and friends and family, but I would imagine some things come out that just have needed to come out for so long. Yep. Yeah. I feel really lucky that I, that my granddaughters, both of whom, well, one just graduated from college and the other is going into her junior year. They, they call me and they say, 
can I talk with you about so-and-so? And I always just feel like I'm the luckiest woman in the world. Yeah. They will do that. And, and, and they do. And they often will say, you know, what do you think I should do? And I'll say, and I, I tend to ask more questions mm-hmm. so that, because it, it's self-generated mm-hmm. insight. That is the most powerful. That's, you know, people are much more likely to actually take action on something they've thought of if themselves. They figure out the answer. Yeah. yeah. It's always uh, been right there. Yeah. And then, but, but after I've asked lots and lots of questions and really listened, whatever I do offer, I know is going to be helpful because I didn't jump too quickly to, you know, people will say, oh, this is going on. And we say, oh, well, here's what you need to do. We don't even know if that's the real issue. Sure. I mean, that's just the presenting that's the surface level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel really lucky that they do that. And and, um, and also they know I'm going to tell them and I'm everybody who knows me knows I'm going to tell you if I, if I really feel strongly that you're off base. Um, if I, if I would like to see um, you course correct in some yeah. way. Yeah. I will tell you, but I will also ask you for feedback for myself in a certain situation. You know, I just, you were in the meeting, you just saw me run the meeting. What could I have done differently that might've helped, you know, give me feedback. So it's, it's a staying constant. I mean, staying, staying, um, always, always, clear with one another exactly what is going on you don't save it up for the big conversation after right. you've been doing on something for like a year and a half you know you you just you keep you stay current is that's the word i was like yeah. you stay with one another yeah absolutely so that you can avoid ever having to have the big awkward conversation because yeah. everything is just yeah it's just staying there i love that yeah i love that i wish more you know when we get into these it's we get into these hierarchical structures where, you know, the, the top of the food chain holds on to the information. They hoard that because the information is the power and then they can hold that over, you know, and that just, it doesn't do anything but create a divide. It was one of the things that initially drew me to Acton Academies in general is because it was, it's built on the premise of covenants and contracts and we're going to be fully open and fully present at all times. I'm going to help you on your journey. You're going to help me on my journey. And we're all co-travelers together on this path. It is not me with the authority that is holding something over. It is the two of us traveling together or the three of us or the 10 of us or the hundred of us traveling together, you know, and, and everybody knows everything and is, is able to share everything. And, and it's one of those things that drew me to that. I, I, I love that. I wish more organizations would take on, would take on that approach. Have, have you seen any organizations kind of, um, because I, I, you and I have actually worked with some of the same clients. Um, you know, and I, I go on a lot of times from a generational perspective and talk kind of what we were talking about earlier. There's these different lenses. Um, and sometimes with five different generations operating side by side in the workplace, inherently there's five different viewpoints on any one given topic. What does leadership look like? What is right? And so have you seen organizations actually make structural changes based upon this? I would imagine you would have to. Yeah. I mean, we have been working with organizations for almost 20 years Mm -hmm. now, and we're working with some of the largest organizations in the world. Um, and then we also work with startups mm-hmm. and everything in between every industry you could imagine. And, um, this really for, 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 for maybe, um, like 20% of an organization's employees. So not just the leaders, but like, let's get it out there about 20%. Then you hit critical mass. When you when you reach critical mass within a company and people understand how to have these great conversations, mm-hmm. how to hold these meetings, how to you know give feedback in a way that is really positive, yeah. how all this stuff, man, I'll tell you, talk about transforming. I would imagine culture, absolutely the outcomes, and it it has to do a lot with radical transparency. It has to do with authenticity. I mean, I think, you know, if I, th- I think everybody's superpower, if they would recognize it, would be their authentic self, mm-hmm. their real self, mm-hmm. their, their original self, rather than this 
polished up image that they might be putting out there because they think that's what other people value. Right. That you can get that on any street corner. That's right. It's not interesting. It's boring. It it won't last for very long. We want you. We want the real you with, with all your your um, imperfections because yep. we all have them. We right. we give those with one another. But to to really be completely open with one another, transparent with one another, genuine with one another, mm. truthful with one another. Um, man, I'll tell you, there's just no there's there's Powerful. no stopping an organization yeah. that, that that grasps that and develops the skill. And you know, fierce conversation, it is a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a strategy for making things happen, for getting things done. It's also a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's gosh, that's so good, man. I remember one, an organization that I, that I worked for, um, some years ago, uh, was, uh, taken over, um, by, by another organization. And so the leader, um, came in was, you know, uh, by default then the leader of, of the entire, the entire network. And I'm being elusive on, on that intentionally, but the, the, the gentleman came in and one of the, um, first staff, meetings we had that was kind of this all staff took our division and brought us all to this kind of country club area and, and everybody sat down and we had lunch and then it was like okay now we're going to have the conversations that he said i need to learn i need to learn quickly your culture what's going on i need to be able to lead you so we're going to have the conversations that you have needed to have um this entire time and so he broke us up into you know as part of the leadership group there and so he kind of broke us up and he came over and sat down with us and he's like cool Okay, so everybody's roles are what, 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 what? Great. Um, and who should actually be leading this then? Go ahead and say what you actually feel. Who should actually be leading this organization? Who do you feel like should be leading it? Do you feel like you should be leading it? Go in each one of us. Do you feel like you should be leading it? Is the leader that is leading it? And should, you know, should she be leading? Should you? Like, let's go. Point it out. And I want you to be you know, brutally honest. And, and I'm not saying that that is the way to approach it. But what I know is out of that conversation um, came so much, just just more clarity for every single person. And obviously it was much more nuanced than that, um, yeah. but it was very much a net positive from what initially was a very uncomfortable thought of like, ooh, okay, we've all kind of been thinking this and now we got to actually well, say it. And you're talking about Mokitas, which is the Papua New Guinea word for that, which everyone knows and no one talks about. Mm. Uh, it's different from a mojito, which is a really good drink. It's a drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and 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 the Papua New Guineans judge the health of any group of people by the number of mojitos that exist within it. So, um, interesting. We, we need to get rid of those. I, I remember yeah. there's there's a huge company headquartered in the U.S., but it has offices all over Europe, especially. Well, everywhere really. And, um, and I went, I was in London doing a, a session with the person who headed up all of Europe uh, and his leaders. And he, ha- and he was very familiar. We'd already done a training in uh, Fierce yeah. and we had a big thing. What are your Mokitas? And he wanted people to write them down. And he, and he said, and I'm, I'm going to kick it off. I said, I, he said, one of the Mokitas is you guys, we we believe that headquarters doesn't really value us out here in the in mm. in, in the, the different part of the world. Mm-hmm. We don't think that they really care about us or mm. are impressed with yeah. us. Yeah, and people were whoa. He actually said he that. Actually said it. <laughs> yeah. Actually verbalized it. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing how much fresh air enters the room when you start opening up and saying, you know, yeah, I, I have felt that way. I have wondered about that. That's so good. Have you read the book tribe leadership? No, I haven't only because mostly I read fiction. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair. No, that's fair. Probably very good. I'm starting to read, um, more nonfiction books now because we've started a book club. Yeah. Um, where once a month I will interview an author of a nonfiction book. Got it. In fact, we're going to talk with Jeff about his book. I want to, I want to interview uh, him. Yeah. So just uh, Kareth Foster, who is a comedian, um, but also is an expert on um, uh, diversity. Gotcha. And, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And inclusions. Uh, so who do so, you like? This is just a one-off real quick, but who do you like to read? 
who fit when you when yeah when you're fiction do you like a little bit of everything or do you have a, partic a particular genre I like, read, I like to read really good literary fiction um i don't read you know i i don't read um thrillers okay. although i love to be scared yeah yeah <laughs> but I tend to not read thrillers. I love mysteries. Okay. I love, you know, whodunits. Yeah. Um, there's a book that I would want to recommend for every young person out there and their parents. It's, it's called Martin Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N-M-A-R-T-E-N. Okay. It is a King of age book by Brian Doyle. It's fiction. Okay. It is absolutely gorgeous and it's about this young boy named dave who is about to go into high school and this martin this pine martin named martin uh -huh. lives in the woods near him and how they uh they're both growing up they're both and they're interacting and then the people in the village and in his family it is an exquisite book and i find that i learn more from a really great book like that than yeah. I do from most nonfiction. Yeah, I understand that. I do. So I would say, and Brian Doyle, very sadly, died of a brain uh, brain cancer several couple of years ago. Broke my heart because uh, he's one of my favorite authors out there. But yeah. I really hope that people will read that book, Martin Martin by Brian Doyle. I love that. Well, I want to take a look at that too. Maybe we'll put it on our uh, our great books list here for, for Acton too. Um, you know, I love that. I fully agree with you. I think there is so much that we can learn from from a, a phenomenally written. There's there's much that we can learn from from that book and yeah. so many others. I mean, I'm constantly, you know, I I I keep my um, my my mobile phone near me when I'm reading, and I'm constantly making notes. Taking I'll notes, sure. Wow, that is so good. Mm -hmm. A character says something, and yep. I think that is so good. Yep. Yeah, I get I get a lot of my best stuff from novels. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I do the same. Oh, so good. Now I have to imagine, um, you know, you mentioned young people too, and and so one of the questions that we got to, and I've got to imagine listening to you, you have got to be a a, a phenomenally, fun, I say fun from the context of somebody who just pure. I love talking to human beings. Um, you know, I just genuinely love people, and so I I would think you'd have to be such a fun person to. Um, work with, but also interview with. I think that would, I, I just, I, I can imagine that that, that would be um, just an, a, an amazing experience. So if somebody, a young person was going to come work for you and come interview with you, what are you looking for from that young person? Oh, I'm looking for them to bring who they really are into the that room. That authenticity, huh? All their quirks. Yeah. You know, all yeah. their quirks. Um, I want them to, I do want them to be on time. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I want them to be, Those things you know, don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to, to be nice and nicely dressed, mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. don't, you know, I, it would be really hard for a young person, like their first interviews, not to be nervous, sure. self-conscious, but I, I would ask questions that would hopefully take the curse off of that. You yeah. know, it's like, okay. You know, if, if, if there were no reality considerations at all and you could be anything you wanted to be in the whole world, yeah. what are some, you know, and so we could talk about some of those things because that tells me a lot about yeah. who this person is. Sure does. Um, and, you know, and I, I just, and I want them to be open, open. It's really hard. We, we've been taught so many things by people who love us, right. our parents, teachers, other people you know, our friends, parents, our friends. Right. And we are looking, for, I mean, we just, as children, we just accept those things as truths mm -hmm. and we tend to lock onto them and hang onto them for their, for our lifetime, even though they are causing us and others mm -hmm. a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I, I would be looking for in a young person, uh, an eagerness to learn, um, to grow, mm -hmm. Um, and, and to, to, to really, to see the value in everybody who's in our company, I mean, every single person there, we've got a motley crew. Now we are, we are, we're all working from home and we're going to continue that. 
we've just decided, you know, that's going to be status quo now. Yeah. 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 Found out that we can do great work. Uh, We don't have to be um, in the office and we can take the amazing amount of money that we were spending on office space and equipment and all that and put it on innovation. So, you know, we've developed virtual reality simulations. Mm, How cool. I mean, it's really cool. Like we've, we've got a client who says, I need to teach all the people in my real retail stores how to handle it when somebody comes in without a mask and a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. How do, how do we, what do we do? So, yeah. you know, we, we developed a, a, a virtual reality simulation for that conversation. We have a whole hospital chain that says our nurses need to learn how to give feedback to the doctors who can sometimes be a little arrogant and dismissive. Oh, how do man. we, so we've developed, you know, so we're doing a lot of customized yep. work, really quick pieces that are fun where yep. you've got your avatar and you can make it look a little bit like yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, you got to have this conversation and you can learn that way. And we're finding that people love that. Um, they tend to retain that, yeah. uh, that kind of learning. So we're doing that and we're doing more. Uh, asynchronous pieces in other words you can you don't have to have a facilitator you can you can take this course it's all online you can take it anywhere you know all by yourself in little pieces so we're doing a lot of things differently than we were doing before and the funny thing is we've wanted to do these things for a long time yeah this is just kind of the catalyst to, to actually making it happen I know one of the things Kareth, who, you know, I, I interviewed, um, her book is you can be perfect or you can be happy. It's just great. Um, one of the things she says is instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Ask, why is this happening for me? Like that. Yeah. In other words, there is a gift in here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is it? Yeah. Let's, let's reframe that so I can look for the positive outcome on this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, you, you know, have this, this, uh, this self-awareness and, and this propensity obviously to want to make sure we get everything out there and, and, and so that the things are constant. So there is no looming, um, big conversation there, you know, you're eliminating the mojitos, right? You're, you're handling all this kind of stuff. And you also are tempering that with, like you said, you have very strong beliefs. You have beliefs to the core. You respect that people have other beliefs that are different than you, but you're holding these beliefs to the core too. Are there any places, um, maybe, or any of these beliefs that seem to, to be, counter culture and so the way the question is framed and and one of those questions i sent you which is my favorite question of the whole thing is you know is there a piece of quote-unquote common knowledge that everybody knows but susan says that's great that everybody knows that i fully disagree i think in a very different manner to that where shall i begin (laughs) yeah (laughs) you and me both mama (laughs) quite a list yeah yeah Things that are common beliefs that I have over my lifetime come to say, yeah, not so fast, Bucko. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Convinced of that, you know, I'm I'm writing um, I'm writing uh, fierce love right now, which is about romantic relationships. Yeah. So I I do get emails from people all the time saying, God, thank you for your book. I love it. I love it. I'm using it in my career, but right. I just had. Best conversation with myself. So I'm writing that and busting a whole bunch of myths about love. We've been taught a bunch of stuff that is so wrong and harmful. Um, just myths that, you know, I'm trying to say, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at what this really causes you to do. Yeah. And how it de- derails, actually derails your relationships rather than, fosters it's a long list (laughs) yeah that's great though that's when when is that book uh what does that look like for time for you it'll probably be a year from now Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know for sure but if people go to our website fierce conversations fierce inc um and sort of signs up for the newsletter yeah they'll they'll know get some notifications on that Yeah, yeah i think that's fascinating that'd be great um one of the, you know, and again, I told, and I, and I told you when you and I were conversing a little bit back and forth yesterday, I told you we don't always 
you know, there's not always uh, every single question that I get to. And so we've kind of gone backwards on this, but it's been interesting listening to this journey. I love your journey. I love your perspective. I absolutely love what you are, um, what you are doing and the messages that you're bringing out there. Has there been anybody that either, you know, at the beginning or along the way or right now that you kind of look to and go, okay, this person is, um, you know, maybe an inspiration to me or a mentor to me or somebody that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Do you have anybody in particular that falls into to, to those boats or are you just kind of more like depending on the day and where you're going, you know? I, I would just say that my, um, my grandparents, who are long gone now, had a great deal um, to do with shaping who mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. because they had a, um, a cabin on a lake and I spent every moment that I could with them. And my grandfather was president of the local Audubon Society and we there was a boat. And I mean, I was always outside in nature walking, climbing a tree, paddling around in my own little canoe, going off uh, with my grandfather to one of the islands. And so the fact that, and no no television, no television. And so the fact that I learned to value my own thoughts, my own company, uh, animals. I love, I have a very soft spot for animals, nature solitude, simplicity. I mean, I could have been Thoreau and, you know, Walden. Walden. Yeah, man. One of my favorites. That, that was enormously shaping. And then the fact that my mom and dad read aloud to me all of the great books and they acted out the characters, the voices and everything. They were awesome. I mean, they read me all the great stuff. So I was, my childhood was filled with nature and great literature since then you know it's people like um joseph campbell who i never met but i wish i had it's Mm -hmm. it's rumi and hafiz persian poets long gone whose stuff is so gorgeous and so profound Mm -hmm. that you know if once a day i just open a book to any page and read one of their poems is like, oh, that is so perfect. I love it. I mean, Rumi says, out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. Ooh. I mean, just that. It's beautiful, beautiful. So my mentors are thousands of people. Yep. Great authors, great poets, um, friends. I mean, the, 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 the stranger that I just meet, you know, that is going to say something or do something that I'm going to take a great deal from that. So I'm constantly being affected by um, what I read, what I observe, what I hear. And there's no one person that I have ever looked up to. I'm, I'm kind of skittish about that. Um, <laughs> I read something. I thought it was funny. Some people wouldn't like it. It said, if you meet the guru in the middle of the road, shoot him. <laughs> Just... I kind of like that because for me, as soon as somebody holds themselves up as a guru, as a guru, yep. I'm going to turn around and head in That's the opposite. Right. That's right. I'm like, none of that. None of that at all. You know, so. Um, shoot, shoot him. I mean, they're great people out there. They're lovely people yeah. out there. But, you know, nobody who's who's really mentoring me. Yeah, it's worried about being enamored with. That's so funny. So if you had that legacy quote that this is going on Susan's headstone, would you, would it be one of those great poets? Would it be something that, uh, you know, that your legacy? I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind would be she loved and was loved. That's, I love that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, but, I, but I mean, there are, there are all kinds of, of quotes that I, I suppose I could, sure. I could, find something wonderful in uh, one of those poems but i think that's that in of itself the 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 simple reality of that too one of my mentors you know i've mentioned on this show before uh, a gentleman by the name of larry rosenstock who uh works with high tech high um kind of helps run that organization a a number of of charter schools in the san diego area Uh, Mm -hmm. and he always talks about the relationship between uh the complexity of an organization and the simplicity of thought and then vice versa he's you know 
we can get down to something, you can get down to the simplicity of something that allows the complexity to take place. And so I think something like that, the simplicity around that allows for um, just a, a more robust understanding. So I love that. I think that's a great one. So good. You are an awesome human being. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I I think you are. I think you are. No, I mean I very much enjoy it. not the work you're doing is amazing, but um you just you, you've got I can I understand why people want to sit down and, and share things with you. You know, you you um you just you are are that common thread that I was talking about in in humanity. You know, I think I think that's it. I think a lot of people can see themselves in you and and feel that genuine curiosity you know so I, I'm, I'm very appreciative not just of your time today but of everything that you're doing thank you so much i mean i my my image for a fierce conversation is is a campfire because i have a tree house on orcas island off the coast of washington state yeah and there and friends and family are there all i have to do is start a little campfire and pretty soon everybody shows up everybody around smoke they hear sure. the crackling and then they add their logs to the fire and we sit around and we talk and we tell our stories. And that's really what a fierce conversation is to me. That's my picture. It's that campfire. And so the people that are going to go with me in through my life are those who, who are drawn to the campfire and will add their logs to the fire. Oh, it's beautiful. So where do people go to find more where you know again the the book the book the the oh, newsletter the website where where can people well the website is fierceinc.com and sign up for the newsletter and yeah. because there are all kinds of things we're going to be offering at a for very very little mm -hmm. and a lot that's free yeah um will be helpful to people and then my books um fierce conversations and fierce leadership they're on they're on Amazon. They're in bookstores there. You can find them anywhere. You can get them on your Kindle or your iPad or whatever. Um, so, yeah, they're, I mean, it's funny because it's, they're still, especially the first one, Fierce Conversations, yeah. such a strong seller all these years yep. later. And I did do a revised edition a few years ago, added a whole section on feedback and uh, how to use technology, the good, the good stuff and the bad stuff. I love it. So good. So thankful. So we're going to link all that stuff below too. And, um, just so grateful for you taking the time and, and, uh, you know, pouring into, pouring into the audience, but pouring into, I mean, I, I, I always feel selfish that I get to have these kind of conversations too, you know, because I always just take away so much and it, and it lights me up for, you know, for the rest of the day too. So I'm very grateful for you, my friend. You're so welcome. And I feel the same way you do. I, I always learn from my conversations with, with the people who are interviewing me as well as those I yeah. interview. Yeah, so thankful. Well, I appreciate it. So you heard her, folks. Go check out Fierce Inc. Grab those books. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, quality stuff that they are putting out and, and uh, something that is absolutely relevant for everybody, um, which is what I like, too. It's not just the conversations around you know, work-related stuff. It's conversations around family time. It's just real deal and, and kind of getting to where you never have that big, giant conversation looming. And I love the way that she articulated all of that. So hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I know I definitely did. Uh, and please continue to, uh, to share let people know if they need to have some fierce conversations send on the podcast uh, and, and let them know about Susan's work but appreciate you guys continuing to spread the word and we will catch you next time thanks <laughs>